All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, sponsored by Brewers Pizza, Orange Park, and Clay County's only brew pub. This is Corey. Hey, guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? It's JK3. Thanks again before we get started for another five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We very, very much appreciate it. No text, but we'll definitely take the five-star review, so thanks so much. Um, We are recording after the Jaguars' 29-7 Week 1 win on the road, divisional win versus the Houston Texans. Uh, A couple quick stats uh, before we kind of get into it. Blake Bortles, 125 yards and one touchdown. Leonard Fournette, 100 yards and a touchdown in his debut. Miles Jack, 14 tackles. Campbell sets the single-game sack record with four, and the team set the total team sack record with 10 so jk3 to start out with you what was your uh, quick initial reaction after that game ended i told you so Derek. <laughs> i told you so baby one and oh it doesn't matter they were fighting for hurricane harvey we're fighting for hurricane irma let's go one and oh baby i'm so happy right now i was leading up to all the you know like 10 to like that 10 to like one PM vibe where everybody was like, oh, JJ Watt's going to carry out the flag for Houston. He's raised this, he's raised that, blah, blah, blah. Don't let that distract you from Ramsey locking down. Um, I can't even think of his name right now because he sucks, but uh, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Don't let that distract you from uh, Ramsey locking down Hopkins. Don't let you distract that from Calais Campbell getting four sacks. The defense looked great. Blake, game manager, I love you. Fournette, 100 yards. Let's go. I'm happy. Hey, I'm happy right now. It doesn't matter. I'm absolutely ecstatic. 1-0. and <laughs> Oh, man. Derek? Yeah. Hey, man, I'm eating my words, man. I'm eating my words. It's great to get the W. Uh, I just thought the emotion was going to be too much, but guess what, man? And du- them Duvalians came to play. Yeah, man, it- it's-, it's a great feeling. It's a great feeling, especially when you dominate on the line, offense, and defensive line. And see, that's why Miles Jack can get those 14 tackles, like you said earlier, Corey, before we started recording. Because when you got four guys that are getting after the QB, linebackers can just roam free. They can hit all day, pick passes off, do whatever. We keep that up all year. Hey, we we already going to be winning our division. Colts are getting smashed right now, 37-3. to So Tennessee lost, Texans lost, Colts are going to lose. Hey, we're up one game in the division. I'll take it. Print First the place. Print the t-shirts up right now. First place in the AFC South. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not opposed to putting up some kind of banner for the home opener at this point. Just because, like, what was the thing that they said that this was the first time we'd finished the, or started the season 1-0 and and since, like, when? Like, 2007 or something like that? 2011? 2011, yeah, 2011, yeah, unreal, unreal, man. But you know, from the jump, like we we thought this was gonna be a, a emotional game for Houston. Um, you know, and, and shout out to all jokes aside, you know, shout out to everybody for the first responders, everybody wearing white, Houston, um, you know, buckling up and wearing white, you know, to 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 respect those guys. But honestly, the the Jags came out, they set the tone, they set the tempo. Marone told you what we're gonna do, we're gonna run the ball for net. unbelievable falling forward and then the best thing about Fournette that I absolutely loved which made me more hyped and more involved in the game was him chatting back and forth to Jonathan Joseph to all those linebackers to everybody else letting him know that he's gonna be coming every game he's gonna be coming every down and you're about to get hit he's gonna fall forward get ready here he comes Hey, Derek, talk about that a little bit, because that seems like that's the new thing. I mean, with Jalen Ramsey, Boye was talking trash. Now you got Fournette out there. I mean, is that kind of that attitude shift that we've been looking for? It's confidence, man. Confidence. It's exactly what you need. 
when you talk about when when people want to talk about Ramsey crying on the sidelines last year, having their heads down. See, it's not about you know talking trash to the point where you're trying to insult your person, your your opponent as a person, but just on the football field. Once the whistle blows and the game's over, hey, everything's good and back to normal. But once that one o'clock or that four fifteen or eight thirty or whatever time it starts, start selling out. Start selling out. Have uber confidence in yourself and look what happens man just look at it. it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah so to kind of just go through it we'll uh, first start with the defense obviously we talked about some of those numbers that just kind of are just mind-boggling um calais campbell jk3 was it the first half that he set the uh, single game sack record for the team it was either the first half or right after the uh um right into the third quarter i can't really remember i was losing my mind um first of all direct tv cut out for the first like maybe four or five maybe seven plays and I was losing my mind I I the anxiety was so real but um after that man it, it, it was just unreal I, I think that he uh I think he set that record and what's crazy is that they left him one-on-one which is so surprising to me how many situations that the Jaguars defensive line was set in a one-on-one um you know, setting, not just Calais, but Malik, but Dante, uh, Avery Jones, even, I mean, and, and I mean, I'm, I'm crazy right now. I have, I'm lost for words. I'm excited. The defensive line stepped up happy. You, you want to talk. So besides, there was one play where I saw uh, Malik Jackson got fooled on the play action or else we would have had 11 sacks. He was headed right for Savage and he, he turned, got turned around on the play action. You saw him. He was mad. I think that's the only mistake those four guys or six guys that they rotated in made. Literally, I think that was the only mistake because they 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 manhandled that line of scrimmage. It just took it over. Um, it was great. And then the offensive line, man, you see Kudos. some of those holes. You see Kudos. some of those holes, man. Kudos. I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Cam Robinson, rookie boy, he stood up clowny on two occasions that I saw. There probably was more. But Clowney came at him like he was going to rush him. You know, Watt got him at the first first play of the game trying to say, hey, welcome to the NFL. And we were like, no, um, welcome to, you know, 48 minutes of ATL, 60 minutes of, of you know what. So that's what he was saying. Hey, um, so, yeah, JK3 with the offensive line. Like what? I mean, it's so funny because like the stuff we talked about in the last episode, we were kind of like dismal on them and, and kind of worried about Blake. And, and now it's like all the things we were worried about have, have kind of gone the other direction. So, like, what do you think it was with the offensive line? Because not even a couple days ago, we were talking about how Houston was the, probably going to be the number one ranked defensive line in the entire league. Well, it's all about downhill running, moving downhill. And for everyone that doesn't know what that is, it's just moving north to south, basically. And that's what the offensive line was doing. They were standing up, J.J. Watt, Merciless, um, Clowney. They were standing them up, and they were moving downhill. There was created push on the front lines. Uh, um, there were there was great adequate pass blocking. And in the running in the running department, there was lanes, and that's the best thing that a running back needs. He needs lanes. He needs to be able to run. He needs to be able to know where he needs to go. Uh, a, B, C gap, uh, and, and just continue to push. There was constant push on the front line from the offensive line, uh, and, and it was just unbelievable, unbelievable. Shout out to uh, Cam. He he was faced in a couple of. Uh, you know, situations where he was one-on-one with J.J. Watt, one-on-one with um, um, Clowney, and he held his own. He absolutely held his own. And not only that, so when you talk about those lanes, did you see 
how nimble Fournette is on his toes. Yeah. So, like, for instance, with Ivory, he likes to chop his feet a lot. Being that big, I don't know why he does it, but he just does. That's why he gets held up at the line. Now, we don't play in the league. We're just fans. I know that. But here's two things I did see. Ivory chops his feet. Fournette's nimble. And what I mean by that is, yeah, he's big and he tries to run over people, but he also knows how to slide. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he's really good at this, the running back for the Steelers. You ever notice sometimes he'll slide through the line and then get out? And then once he gets out, then turn on the Jets or, you know, or, or, or try to run away? Sometimes you got to do that. You don't have to get 30 yards every time and try to find a perfect hole. You get six yards, you get five yards, you get four yards, you get three yards, and then all of a sudden, boom, you hit him for 20. That's how you run the ball. What was crazy, though, was that how Fournette, how he, he had a couple yards or a, a couple plays where he was maybe five or seven yards deep in the secondary and was literally looking for the contact, running people over. And and that is something that you want to see. You want to see your running back because your offensive line and your offense embodies your running back. That smash mouth football where you know he's going to keep coming every play. And then he's getting up, he's talking back, he's mouthing and letting everybody know, yeah, you may have tripped me up, but I'm seven yards downfield. That's that's just going to be great to look forward to. We were thinking that maybe it was kind of a stretch for AJ Can to say that Fournette makes them a better offensive line, but it sounds like just after one game, that's true. I, oh, so it wasn't just Fournette makes them a better offensive line. Fournette definitely is a better decision maker at running back than anybody we have on the roster. Hands down. You got to give him that. But an offensive line, believe it or not, is a collection of individuals playing as a unit. Did Bortles get sacked today? I, I don't no. think he did. No, he didn't. No. No, no. So when you play as a unit like that and you're sticking together and you're having fun playing the game, those are the results that came up. A big part of the reason was not just the 10 sacks, the reason why we beat we beat the Texans is because they, they, you know, they did something I didn't think was possible. They came up and smacked them right in the mouth. And then when Houston um, scored and everybody's like, oh, here it comes. The Jags are going to suck. Bortles is going to throw a pick six. They didn't. They responded. That's how you do it. You kill that momentum. You know, anytime you make a bad play or something happens where they're going to touch down, you can't shut everybody out. But, you know, if they score, you got to respond. And hey, they played as a unit, man. That was, I don't think I've seen an O line in Jacksonville play like that probably since Searcy. Searcy, Baselli, probably since 99. That's, that's 17 years ago. Well, one thing I thought was kind of funny. Well, you talked a little bit about Bortles uh, beforehand. I think even uh, JK3 at the beginning uh, talking about how he's a game manager. Somebody on Twitter had made the comparison with uh, Coughlin that he turned Bortles into Mark Brunel. Because if you remember, like those kind of stat lines like Blake had today were pretty common. Uh, the Brunel era too. So um, do you think that the emphasis with Fournette and, and kind of that pressure being off Bortles, Derek helped him just to kind of calm down? Cause even, even with that less lessened pressure, it still seemed like he had some pretty good throws out there too. Absolutely. It helped him calm down and it made them two dimensional. It gave him options. He didn't have to take five step, seven step deep drops and try and chunk it 30, 40 times and, and chunk it, you know, 30 or 40 yards down the field. Um, it gave them options. Anytime you keep uh, the 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 uh, defense on their toes, like the uh, this isn't a pass; it was a run play. But the uh, read option that he ran with Fournette, and he took off for like twenty something yards. That's what I'm talking about. It's like second and four. They're like, okay, you know, they might play action. They might give it back to Fournette. Oh no, they're gonna run a read option with Bortles, and he's gonna keep it and go twenty yards down the field to get into the red zone. Who would have called that? 
If there's a fan out there right now that says, oh, we knew that was happening. We know about football. You're lying. Okay. You're lying. (laughs) Okay. No way. (laughs) So that's just, it's just great to see that balance, man. Well, in, in JK3, I'll ask you, I mean, one thing that a lot of fans were super paranoid about and thank God it didn't have much of an effect on the outcome of the game was uh, our number one receiver going out with, I think you had saw, and I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but some rumors there might be an ACL injury or something. I mean, it's just a rumor. I I, I don't I don't know, but you, the way that he came down on, on, on that left leg and the way that, you know... The, the way he planted on it, that's what I've seen. A lot of the, and more, more commonly, a lot of the ACL tears, um, and I'm not a doctor or anything else like that, but a lot of them seem to be non contact injuries that have been that. But, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you know, hope A Rob gets better. If that is what it is, then that's terrible. But um, if, if, if Blake can continue to be put in situations where there's no pressure on him, where he can make the high percentage pass, where he can check down, where he has time to make a smart play and he's not forced to make a play, then that's what you're going to get from him. I mean, it's nothing you know, nothing stat daunting at all. He's not going to kill you in fantasy football. I mean, he had one touchdown for 125 yards, 11 of 21. That's okay. And if he lets everyone else around him perform, then that's what we got to do. That's literally what we have to do. We have to let him manage the game, no sacks, no turnovers, nothing dumb, and just manage the game. And I'm not, and again, I'm not the like guy like you guys are that can decipher a lot of the plays and whatnot on the field. But I mean, am I wrong or did he look really good? I mean, his throws were like right on target. Confident and having fun. Did you see him joke? What have you seen him joke around with the receivers on the sidelines? Never, never, not since two years ago, him and Marquise Lee joking, you know, they're looking at plays and they're all together looking at the plays and they're like, okay, my bad. You know, I I got this, you know, okay. And they're working it out as a team. That's how it works. Now, the only thing I will say is I hope Jags fans, you know, Hey, we got a W, but we need to get more and don't think we're going to turn into the high flying Atlanta Falcons or whoever the Packers where Bortles is going to throw for 300 yards. That's not our team. This team is setting up to win ugly. And winning ugly, yeah, it's not too it's not too sexy, but you get W's that way, and I'll take them yeah. any way we can get them. Yeah, I was going to say that that 1 and 0 is pretty sexy to me. I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm enjoying that. So, uh but yeah, they I mean, that's the kind of the feeling I got. I mean, through even the first quarter, I mean, how quickly did that first half or just that game in general fly by with how often they were running that ball? Like, they definitely like Marone definitely stuck by his word that and granted they didn't do exactly this, but that if he were he'd be happy enough running the ball every single play if he got his way. Now, what I'm going to be interested in and uh is when you look at the coaching, how our coaching staff will make adjustments as teams make adjustments on how we were able to win the game. I can tell you one thing. Teams are definitely, definitely going to be looking at our defensive line. They're going to be picking that apart. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the coaches do to change things up to still keep that same intensity as far as a, from a scheme standpoint and, and, and strategy. 
Hey, JK3, in terms of like the, the difference, because in the first half with Tom Savage, obviously we kind of saw him melt down, essentially. Uh, when Watson came in, there was a little bit of momentum that got built. And it was was it just the case that they kind of figured him out and kind of adjusted to the fact that, uh, you know, his playing style was a little different and, and found up ways to bottle him up just in the same way they did with Savage? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just a, a, a defensive adjustment. You know, Tom Savage, 7-13, uh, I think he had like 62, 63 yards, um, you know, versus Deshaun Watson. You you got to respect Deshaun Watson's passing ability, number one. You got to respect his feet, number two. And you just got to respect that he's an all-around better player than Tom Savage. The reason why Deshaun Watson isn't starting right now is because he didn't beat Tom Savage out of the job. I mean, that that's what it is. He didn't beat him out of the job in a, like, a six-week training camp, but... Uh, overall a better athlete so once he came in he made those adjustments and he 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 got his confidence up with a couple of dink and dunk passes um you know he ended up going 12 of 23 for um 102 yards uh, but what what happened was his his inability and his in his um he i'm not i'm not i'm not sure of the word i'm looking for he he's not um seasoned enough you know that that's what took over he 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 tried to force some things he tried to make some things come back he came in when he was when they were down 19 to nothing so of course he wanted to try to come in and absolutely you know try to make those plays defenses adjusted uh we had a couple plays uh where miles jack should have had a had an interception um you know a couple turnovers that ended up going our way and and, and that's what happens you know but i i think they had to make that a de- that, that defensive adjustment to um watson and make sure that they they played on his, uh, you know, his, uh, what the, what is the word that I'm looking for? His, um, <laughs> level or something. No, or? not level, but he's just inexperience. His inex- <laughs> what a, fi- what a $5 word inexperience. <laughs> his inexperience. That's, they, 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 yeah. they, they keyed on his inexperience and that's what showed up at the end of the game. You saw in a couple of those throws too, that he made Corey, um, like some of those Hopkins comeback routes that were one hopped. See, that was because, you know, being fearful of the pass rush and not stepping up in the pocket and making the throw confidently. That's going to come with time. Okay, there's very rarely a rookie can come into the NFL and make those type of throws on those deep comeback routes and step up in the pocket when basically the D-line is smashing your offensive line. So there were at least two of them where he kind of sidestepped and threw it instead of stepping up and throwing it. All that, you know, that footwork, like you said, what's it been? He's been he got drafted when April, so it's what September, so five months, five months versus three or four years for Tom Savage. Savage should have started, rightfully so. Yeah, did you see uh, Jalen Ramsey's quote after the game? He said, uh, "Houston has one Savage. We have a team of Savages." <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. It's I don't know a, about it's you a team. guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you guys. Is it just me or does does DeAndre Hopkins? like really want me to hate him like I just cannot stand watching that guy first he has like the male equivalent of the resting you know what face he seems like he complains <laughs> after every, every every single play he's complaining about something like is do you have to be a Texans fan to like him I'm pretty sure uh, unfortunately he's on a team that he's a very good receiver probably I'd, I'd give him top five top ten in the league I, I don't know but he's a very good receiver on a team that doesn't have a quarterback right now. You know, that was Andre Johnson went through that for years. Uh, and you really can't see everything that he can do until they find somebody that can get him the ball. So he just, he plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You can tell, 
all wide receivers for the most part have egos, which he definitely has one. So, you know, this this isn't going to be the end of it. Trust me, we're going to hear about this as long as Ramsey is on this team and he and, and he's on that team and they're in the same division. We're going to hear about this for a long time. It really seems like uh, Yannick and jo- Ngakwe and Fowler are, are really coming into their own. I mean, obviously Ngakwe last year, but as far as those guys as a tandem. And then A.J. Boye, I got a kick out of him talking trash the entire game because you would think he'd let up a little bit being that they were back in Houston. But every single time he made a play, he'd start waving and pointing his finger at the crowd. Yo, uh, straight up, man, I- I'm going to um get or this week i'm gonna try to order my ngakwe jersey I, i've said this a couple of times um I, i've put it on twitter that i needed to get it yo num- number 91 is a beast he he's always making he's making plays he had two um plays that led to turnovers today for the jags uh, you know and, and he has a motor that continues to go he's got a chip on his shoulder everything that you want out of a de- defensive line and we just hope that we can keep him from a while you know, I don't want to go ahead and get his jersey, and then he get um, he 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 lets go, he gets let go in the free agent market. But that's way down the line. I'm just speaking from experience of me getting jerseys and players are letting go. But um, Ngakwe, man, he he he's the truth, and, and we have some evidence from Fowler today also that was just unbelievable. But I, I think Fowler, I mean uh, Ngakwe, like I said, I mean he's just unbelievable. Did you see on some of those third downs, man? They didn't have any D tackles in the game, and if they did, it was Malik Jackson. They had Campbell, Ngakwe, Fowler, and Jackson, and they all weren't lined up in the same position all the time. Like every like, if there was a third down and the Texans converted it, and then they got to another third down, those four guys, it would be the same four, but they'd be switched. They'd be in different positions. I think there was one time they even stood Ngakwe up and walked him to the line and had like Jack on Jack at the end, and then he backed off and Ngakwe came and they didn't see it. They didn't catch it. I love that type of coaching, man. It's great. It's good stuff. So at a macro level, because you guys follow this stuff really closely, is the defense a complete different defense than the Gus Bradley uh, era? Like, have they changed that and it made enough changes where it's, it's just, you know, considerably different, different style? Well, I, I don't know if it's a different style, but there are definitely more athletes and there's definitely, it seems like it's a little bit more dumbed down, if that makes sense. You know, you, you, you in, in the Gus Bradley era, you had... Jalen Ramsey going all over uh, the field covering the the number one receiver. Uh, and this position right now, the win right now, we've got two great cornerbacks. And if number one's to your side, you're getting he's getting blanketed. And on the other side, if he's the field or boundary corner, um, you, depending on what side he goes to, he's still getting blanketed. And that's such a luxury for the Jags to be able to have two lockdown corners. Um, and, and you think most of the times they targeted uh, receivers in the uh, in in the game today. A, a lot of them were were to DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't have any other options. The tight end play. Um, I, I still would like to see a little bit of coverage um, from the linebackers. Telvin made some great plays today. Uh, you know, at, at linebacker, Paz made some great plays as well. But then they also Fedorowitz had a couple of uh, of key third down conversions that we want to stop, which has been like the Jaguars bugaboo over the last ten years, um, stopping a tight end. So uh, if they can get that tight end coverage and, and that, that that tight end coverage down, I, I think the defense is going to be great. I mean, they mentioned it earlier on on uh, CBS today that we were the number six defense um, as far as total yards goes. We're going to get a lot of recognition with our team being the number six defense if we can continue to win games and, and, and Blake can continue to game manage. It's going to be great with that defense. Anytime you got a defense like that uh, and you got a coach – 
that challenges you. That's what I think. I, I bet you Marone is challenging them more than trying to be their friend. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's also given them the opportunity, like Ramsey last year when he was saying he felt he didn't have the opportunity to make plays. Why? Because he's sitting in that cover three all day. Do you see Houston was going trips, three receivers to the left or right? The Jags didn't try and hide it. They put all three corners on the same side. They were going man. Like, okay, beat us. Beat us. And that was a couple of times where the tight end was able to get free on, uh, on a couple first downs. They got to clean that up. That's going to take time. Uh, but when you have a coach that challenges them and say, hey, go make the play and get the offense back on the field. As Ramsey says, when you have savages, they're like, okay, coach, watch this. I'm going to get, you'll see. Watch. Oh, yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed the optics of watching him on the sideline, too. It just felt like a completely different atmosphere. To end on one bad note, um, Jason Myers has to go, right? I mean, I know this game was a big win, but if this were a close game, I mean, those points that he left out there could have been the difference maker. Yo, I don't understand how he's still a part of this team. I really don't. Like, is there not another kicker out there that can hit an extra point? I mean, for everyone that doesn't understand how easy and like how automatic an extra point should be, like whatever your job is, if you're listening to this podcast, if you have a job where you're paid to go to work every day, the easiest task of what you're supposed to do, you should be able to do that 110%. Myers should be able to hit extra points like you clock into work. That's what his job is to do. And I'm so upset at that because that's going to come back to bite us in the butt. I mean, it really is. That, that is a really good analogy, actually. It'd like be if every morning I came in to make coffee at work, I dropped the uh, coffee pot and shattered it on the floor. Like eventually people would get really, really sick of that because it's a very easy task. I don't know. I think uh, maybe we'll be hearing about new Jaguars kicker. Uh, who was it? Dan Carpenter that was in there working out uh, about a week ago. Um, I have to imagine of all people, Tom Coughlin cannot be happy about this guy still shanking kicks in week one of the season, especially if we have a chance to contend this year. Hey, and another thing, guys, too, I know we're going to bag on Myers and I'm right there with you. Not going to beat up the, the, the dead horse. But hey, man, Nortman, 61 yard long punt. Did you see how many times he changed field position for us? Oh, That's yeah. huge. That's huge. That may not look like much. Like I said, again, it's not sexy football people. But that's huge. Take that all day. Because then the Texans had to drive the length of the field to try and come back. And that's tough, no matter who you're playing. I mean, to, to cross-reference a little bit to, like, a sport. Like, you remember the, the Lakers when they had Shaq? And whenever Shaq came down and got in the post and he got the ball, that was, like, almost an automatic two points every time he got into the post. That's what we need Jason Myers to be. From anywhere between 40 and, like, literally 40 and, I mean, 10 yards, he needs to be automatic in that spot. Like the 56 and beyond, like if he if he makes those, that should be okay. That 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 should get us hyped. That should be okay. That's great. That's he that's that, that he hit those. But anywhere in between, he's got to hit those. Those are points that we're leaving on the board. And 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 guarantee you, if we get into a shootout with a team and we have to take three, and we have to take you know a couple touchdowns. Mind you. In the middle of the first quarter, we had like two great drives, two or three great drives, and they only equaled out to six points. Any team that comes out that's got a high-powered offense, they're making that seven or that they're making that ten to six any day of the week. Well, that was exciting for our first game, especially being hunkered down for the the hurricane and uh, everybody being worried that the power would go out. So uh, thank goodness the the power stayed. We got to see a really really awesome win and um, a lot of. Uh, 
newfound records, which is kind of crazy to say with uh, with how we were feeling about things in the preseason. So um, once again, uh, thanks again for, for whoever left the anonymous five-star review. That's very awesome. We really appreciate it. If you are on iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts on your iPad or iPhone or, or MacBook, if you could jump on there and leave us a five-star rating, we'd really appreciate it. Just kind of helps us move up the charts a little bit. Um, we're on all the major podcast platforms out there, and you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, so again, uh, Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.